You're listening to the Wrestling Takeover. What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Wrestling Takeover. I'm your host, Jordan Turner, and this is episode 282. Man, last night, Tony Khan, listen, man. I love you. I thought Double or Nothing last night was great. I was thoroughly entertained for the most part. We're going to go in-depth. My opinions are going to be brutally honest. There are some matches on here that I really loved. And I'm going to talk about every single thing that happened on last night's Double or Nothing. But, man, was it me? I don't think so because I've seen it on social media. You guys can go follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover. Also, follow me on Instagram at The Wrestling Takeover. Shout out to the family over there. I appreciate the support. You know, Twitter was going crazy last night. AEW, again, put on a great show. But I was fatigued. I really was starting to get fatigued. And it really started to hit me when Thunder Rosa and Serena Deed and their match happened. They put on one of the best matches on the entire show last night. But... Other than that, Tony Khan, you gotta, you gotta scale it back. You gotta scale it back, man. Just the show was just too long. That's kind of my only gripe, really, from the show. Besides that, AEW Double Nothing was a great show. Uh, if I had to give it a grade, I'm gonna give it an A for AEW Double or Nothing. But again, I thank you all for joining me again right here for a brand new episode of The Wrestling Takeover. If you're new to the podcast and you're new to what I do and you want to give my podcast a chance, um, you know, you love honesty. I got that for you. You want creativity. I'm one of the best when it comes to creativity within this community. Um, I also have DiscussPW.com. I write a lot of articles over there, man. It's insane to me how many people really read all my articles. I got a new article coming up this week, so stay tuned to that. And it's it's just great, man. Getting my work out there, not only for my podcast, but uh, my articles, man, and having people actually appreciate what I bring to the table creatively. It's a great thing to you know see. And, and I really appreciate everybody out there that not only listens to the podcast, but reads every single one of my articles. I appreciate you guys. If you guys missed my previous episode of the Wrestling Takeover, man, I was actually interviewing Chris Mueller of Bleach Report from the wrestling section. We had a great interview. We talked about a lot of things happening in the world of pro wrestling. And if you want to give that a listen, please go do show. Um, subscribe and follow to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also, leave me a comment on Apple Podcast as well. And also, leave the podcast a five-star rating. I would really appreciate that five-star rating on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Again, thank you guys for once again joining me right here on the number one podcast when it comes to honesty and creativity. This is the Wrestling Takeover, man. Let's get right into AEW Double or Nothing. You know... The show, it was really paced. It really was well paced. I got to give Tony Khan credit because, you know, one of the common problems with AEW to me is the pacing of these shows, especially when it comes to their pay-per-views. They don't give matches time to breathe. What do I mean by that? Well, after every match, they go right into the next one and the next one and the next one and so on and so forth. 
they don't give an opportunity to the commentators to pretty much recap and give their really uh, opinions on what they watched, right? And their honest assessments of what they just watched. They just go right into the next match. I don't like that. That is something that Tony Khan really needs to clean up. And they did it pretty well last night. They did it pretty well. And so for that, congratulations. Shout out to Tony Khan for doing that. Um, I actually have a news article that I really want to get to. And again, this has to do with the length of the show. Like I said, I wasn't for it at all. I actually hated how long the show was. But there is a reason why the show was as long as it was. So this is from Russell Pursuits. Shout out to Wrestling Pursuits out there. Go check them out. The article is saying reported reason why AEW Dynamite Double or Nothing ran so long. So last night, AEW Double or Nothing event, it's well known that AEW only produces four pay-per-views a year with the rest of their specials being on weekly TV. Though fans still have been surprised to see the event run over four and a half hours. <sighs> That's too long for a wrestling show. It was jam-packed with action all in, all out. Uh, there were 14 matches total on the show, which is ridiculous, including the buy-in. Too many matches. you got to scale that back. And I wish other people, you know, like WWE, you know, AEW, and, and other wrestling promotions really only put the best matches on the show. You know, don't go past eight matches total. I think if you go over eight, you're really pushing it. And I say even 10, you're really pushing it. I would kind of keep it at a minimum of like eight matches on these pay-per-views. And like I said, have theme shows throughout the year to give other people a big opportunity. That's just me. So... It was featured a feud ending countless, such as the match between Wardlow and MGF. I will go over that. And it was pretty much utter chaos in the form of anarchy in the arena and everything going on over there. Now, via Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer, who gets a lot of shit within the community, man. I've said this multiple times. Don't believe everything you read on the Internet. Wait until you get confirmation from a reliable source because I still have people on my IG sending me stories and stuff. Not only did I have seen it, but I read it myself and I'm like, this isn't real. Let's wait until we get confirmation first. So that's all I want to say to you guys as well out there that if you believe everything you read, please don't do so. Wait until you hear from a Sean Ross Sapp or a Brian Alvarez and a Dave Meltzer, but even Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer, you know, they've reported stuff that are incorrect. I think the only person that really is real accurate uh, when it comes to reporting is Sean Rossap of Fightful. So shout out to the family over there of Sean Rossap and Fightful. Great people over there. So they say this report from Pursuit. What happened, it was a couple of things. Number one, the Martha Hart segment. He wanted Martha to say as much as she wanted to, which I commend Tony Khan for that which I didn't mind at all. So she wanted, he wanted her to say as much as she wanted to say. So once he had the extra hour, then he added two more matches to the pay-per-view because he had an extra hour and the Martha Hart segment, which he didn't know how long it was going, which that's kind of unprofessional. You should really have a timestamp on how long these, show, these shows are going to go and also these segments. How long are they going to go? So after the Martha Hot stuff and all that happened, um, he didn't know how long it was going to go because she was not scripted, which is great. She was not told, quote, go out there for five minutes. It was like, go out there, say all you want about Owen. And when you're done, you're done. He said if she wanted to go half an hour and the fans would have uh, bought for half an hour, he would have done just that because it was quite the thing to do. So we bought the extra hour at the end and went through about 37 to 38 minutes of the extra hour. Dave Meltzer, the power couple of both Adam Cole and Britt Baker, won each of their respective tournaments and were presented with a championship each as well due to the custom of the titles. 
And then he was just going on and on and pretty much talking about the time and how long the show really was going. We're going to get into um, the results here. So, again, AEW down to my AEW double or nothing, excuse me. It was, it was a great show. We had some great matches. And I, at the end of the podcast, I'm going to give you guys my top three matches of the night in order. And so we actually kicked off with the opening match between MJF and Wardlow. This was crazy. This whole atmosphere was crazy. Commentators were ready. The fans were ready. MJF's music hits. Eventually, the man himself walks out and he has a fancy robe, a chant asshole is being directed towards him. No interference. Um, and we had no drama, no bullshit. It was Wardlow versus MJF. We had fuck him up, chant, fuck him up, fuck him up, directed towards MJF. MJF was getting just so much heat because of the rumor that MJF was pretty much supposed to be at a fan fest and he no-showed. That was unprofessional. Now, there are people in the community that have this opinion that the MJF situation that's developing each and every day is very similar to Sasha Banks and Naomi. I mean, I don't know why you guys would think that you're incorrect in that. It's not the same. It's different. Sasha Banks and Naomi went to their boss and told them, we're not staying. We're leaving. We're out of here. And they're going to get reprimanded from that. Or they are getting reprimanded for that. MJF just didn't show up with the fan fest. He just didn't appear. That's completely different. Completely different. And, and there's consistent news on MJF and stuff like that. But if there's any more news and stuff, I'll be sure to talk about it. MJF gets in the ring. Monotoli just didn't give a fuck. His mannerisms were on a level of, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to lose to Wardlow. I'm going to get pinned. I'm going to go on the gurney, and I'm going to get the fuck out of here. And reportedly, he left immediately after his match. He said, I'm out this bitch. So MJF and Tony Khan, they got to work this stuff out. They got to work it out. But the match, it was a complete squash. It was a squash. We heard, fuck you, MJF chants. MJF hits Hurricane Rana off a powerbomb roll-up for a two-count. MJF furies an injury to bullshit chance. MJF pulls out a diamond ring, but the referee sees it and takes him off. Wardlow bears down on MJF. MJF then tries to talk his way out of the situation, and then he gets his ass beat by Wardlow. Wardlow shakes, then doesn't let go, smiles, kicks MJF in the gut, and then starts powerbombing MJF. Consistent. I think he powerbombed MJF like 10 times. I believe it was 10 times because the crowd went 10. The perfect 10. So Wardlow wins. Doctor checks on MJF and then brings out a stretcher. They put MJF on the stretcher to a you deserve it chant, which was pretty crazy. I actually thought that was funny. <laughs> that really was funny, man. The fans don't give no fucks about MJF whatsoever. Next up, we had Tony Schiavone interview Wardlow on stage. Tony Schiavone says that Tony Khan has officially signed Wardlow to an AEW contract. Wardlow is officially all elite. You deserve it, champ. Broke out. Wardlow thanks the fans. And then, you know, they go to the next segment. Again, they kind of went right into the next match. I didn't like that. But at the same time, they did give us a video package hyping up. The Elite versus the Delete, the Young Bucks and the Hardy Boys. So we get Young Bucks versus Hardy Boys. This was the second match on the show. Both teams stare each other down. The Hardy Boys shout Delete in the Bucks chant Elite. That was cool. The interaction between these two teams were really great. There was some uh, concerning stuff, mainly from Jeff Hardy. Listen, I love Jeff. I'm just a fan. I critique every aspect of what I watch on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. Jeff Hardy, he doesn't look himself. 
He doesn't look himself. He rebounded, though, you know, towards the end. But in the first couple of instances in this match, it was pretty much caution tape all over the place. Viewer discretion is advised for Jeff Hardy because the way he was moving, his body language, it just, it wasn't pretty. Maybe he was selling. He's a great seller. And this match really told a great story. I'm all about storytelling, you guys, and y'all know that. I'm more into the storytelling than the in-ring product. The in-ring product is going to be great, or you would think so. In this case, it was great. It was clunky in the first couple minutes of the match. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't lie to you guys, and that is my opinion. It was very clunky. We all watched the same thing. We all have different views and opinions on what we were watching. To me, it was clunky, and that was mainly because of Jeff Hardy. And one of the, the young bucks were actually talking, and you can listen. If you have great hearing, you could have listened to what one of the young bucks was talking about Jeff Hardy when Jeff Hardy was going through his, his motion when he was botching a lot in that match last night. And one of the, uh, the young bucks were helping Jeff Hardy out there. And Jeff Hardy rebound. Jeff Hardy's a legend. I love Jeff. One of the best in this business. The Young Bucks, one of the best tag teams in the world, no question. And at the end of the day, I would say, and I would classify this as a great match. It was a great match. Great storytelling. I love the super kick spot, even though me as a fan, I just don't like the super kicks being spot fest. You lead to a spot here and there. Super kick. It's not a real finisher anymore. It's a setup move, but it is what it is. So I'm going to talk here. Again, this was a long match. Very long match, but again, this was great. They told a great story. I'm going to kind of talk about towards the middle of the match. So we see Nick with a senton on both Hardys on the outside. Back in the ring, Nick shots to Matt on the mat. Nick shots Matt to the mat. That's weird. Matt Hardy acts for more than Nick hits a running knee strike. The Bucks hit risky business, cover two count. Nick accidentally hits a running knee to his brother, then accidentally hits a cutter. Matt Hardy with the back body drop on the outside, then Jeff Hardy hits a senton. Matt Hardy hits a side effect on the apron, which looked brutal. It's a brutal spot. Back in the ring, Jeff Hardy then tags in. The Hardy boys hit uh, poetry in motion, which is... It looks great, but at that instance, it didn't really look that great. Uh, I love the Hardy Boys, man, but damn. You know what I mean? Um, we see Jeff Hardy. He's doing all his stuff. After that poetry motion, Nick hits a stomp on Hardy. Matt Hardy, that is. And then Jeff Hardy hits a jawbreaker on the top rope, then takes off his shirt and then goes for a swanton. But Matt Jackson moves out of the way. Matt Jackson then hits a twist of fate, mocking the Hardy Boys there. I loved it. Again, great storytelling. After that, we see Nick Jackson. He hits a swanton bomb, cover for a two. We get this is awesome chant. And this is where the match really started to pick up for me and really started to go into the next gear after that uh, twist of fate from Matt Jackson. So we get a this is awesome chant. Jeff escapes the BTE trigger, but the Bucks hit double super kicks to both Hardy more and more and more. After that, we see Matt Hardy shouts out his brother to get up. Again, Jeff Hardy is either a great seller or this motherfucker is really hurt. Is really hurt. I don't know. It was kind of hard to, to picture what was going on with Jeff Hardy. I'm saying to myself, is this guy really great at selling? When did he start to become a great seller now? Or is this guy really hurt? I was kind of... I was torn on that. So we see the Bucks set up with the steel steps on the outside. And, and as soon as I seen this, I'm said, oh, shit, Jeff Hardy's going to do something crazy. That's what I said to myself when this was happening. So they set the steel steps on the outside. Matt Hardy hits a BT bomb on Matt Jackson. Jeff Hardy then places Nick onto the steel steps, then climbs to the top rope. <sighs> I'm like, dude, Jeff, listen, I know you're the daredevil and everything like that, but Come on, man. Come on. Crazy move that Jeff Hardy did. A, a swanton off the top rope onto the still steps on the outside. He he hit it. It was a great spot. 
Matt Hardy hits a twist of fate on Matt Jackson in the ring. Cover for a two count. Uh, Matt Hardy is obviously in control. Other than we see Nick Jackson with the backslide two count. Matt Hardy hits a side effect and a twist of fate. Jeff climbs to the top rope and hits a swanton for the one, two, three. Hardy boys get the win. This was a great match. I loved it. They really picked up towards the end because the first half was kind of botchy from Jeff Hardy. And it was kind of tough to watch from that standpoint. The Hardy boys celebrate in the crowd and we pretty much go to the next thing. We get a video package of the Acclaim and the Gun Club in Vegas. I don't care. I'm not interested. Couldn't give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> that's just me. Um, Now we have this match. Yeah. Um, This was for the TBS championship. Jade Cargill, the champion versus Anna Jay. Remember I just talked about the young Bucks, Hardy Boys kind of talking to each other. This match was just not... It, it was okay. It was okay. Let me, let me change my words. This match was okay. Should, have this, should this match have been on the show? No. This match should not have been on Double or Nothing, in my personal opinion. Jade Cargo, we knew was winning this match. So right off the bat, why is this match happening? To get Jade Cargill on the show. Let me tell you something. You can see Jade Cargill improving and improving each and every time we see of her. But this match, man, you know, I'm always honest with you guys. This match wasn't boring. It wasn't boring, but... I'm saying to myself, like, when is it going to finish? When is it going to finish? And the fans kind of were a little bored here, too. They were a little bored, and you can sense it just by looking at the crowd. So we see Jade. uh, She throws Cargill into the steel steps on the outside. Hogan and Red Velvet then attack Jay on the outside, but Jay and Jay. Hits them with a double DDT, which was a great spot. Back in the ring, Jade Cargo hits a trust kick, which looked great. When she does the trust kick, is she trying to directly hit them in the chest or the face? Because if she's trying to hit them in the chest, it looks great. If she's trying to hit them in the face, but she hits them in the chest, it's weird. It's really weird. But I think she's trying to hit them in the chest. That's what I think the maneuver is for. So... After that trust kick, Jade reverses the Jaded into a cover for a two count. Sterling then runs down with the crutch, distracts the referee, and throws the crutch in the ring. Jade gets the crutch and hits a Russian leg sweep with the crutch. Cover two count. We see John Silver, uh, Anna Jay's friend. He runs down and hits a Sterling with the brain buster, which looked great on the outside. In the ring, Jade Cargo hits the eye of the storm. Cover for a two count. So it was getting a little interesting at this point. Now we see Jay revert Anna Jay reverses the Jaded into uh, the Queen Slater. And then we see Jay Cargo powers out of that into the corner. Jay and Jade brawl in the corner, which looked great. Uh, Stokely, this was former Malcolm Bivens. This got a pop. I loved it. This was great. Malcolm Bivens with Jade Cargill. Let me, let me do the clap again, because this is great. Jade Cargill is working with Brian Danielson. Check. So you're already winning right there. Now you got Malcolm Bivens as potentially your manager of the baddies with Keir Hogan and Red Velvet. This is money. I'm money. That's what Jade Cargill says. I'm money. I'm about that bitch. That's what Jade Cargill says. She is that bitch, and she is all about that money, and she is money. This is a money decision. I love it. This is great. This is going to get Jade Cargill to the next level. They want Jade Cargill to be the next top megastar in AEW. She already is to me right now, but it really enhances this to the next level. You gotta love it. So, 
and still TBS champion Jay Cargill. We knew this was going to happen. The baddies then attack Jay, Anna Jay, after the bell. Chris Statlander then runs out because at this point, I'm waiting for somebody to come out. And I got my wish. Chris Statlander comes out. She runs down to protect Jade. And then we see Slander faces down Jade. This was great. Crowd was kind of popping here. And oohs and ahs here. I was excited for it. Jade Cargill actually getting competition, really, against Chris Statlander. This was awesome. Then we hear a theme song hit. Off the bat, off the bat, Rusty, you're a king. You are a king when it comes to theme songs, man. You're, you're phenomenal. Right off the bat, I'm hearing this theme song. I'm like, shit. Who the fuck? I knew it was a woman. You knew it was a woman. Name started to come up. Athena, Taya Valkyrie, you know, Dakota Kai, um, Tegan Knott. I'm, I'm popping names everywhere, right? And then we, he, we see Athena. We see Athena. Love it. She was fucking on fire. So, Rusty, shout out to you. That theme song is popping with Athena. That theme song is sick. And shout out to Athena. She looks happy. I'm happy. I'm a fan of hers. I'm happy she's in this women's division. So, we see the Fallen Goddess. That is her nickname. Athena, formerly Ember Moon. Athena Slander. Or Statlander, excuse me, and Anna J face down Cargill and the baddies to end the segment. This was awesome. This really was great. You know, the women's division, I've been saying this for years. They need that star power check in the division. You know, who is it going to be? We don't know. You know, they brought in Ruby Soho. They brought in Thunder Rosa. They brought in Tony Storm. Now they got Athena. Now they got Athena. Hey, uh, Sasha. If they get Sasha Banks. Oh, man. WWE Women's Division what? Women's Division what? Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. Listen, man. The Women's Division, I've been real hard on women's wrestling um, for... Many years now. Um, I know women's wrestling can be better. Especially AEW's women's division. You have pieces. You have pieces more than ever before. To not fuck up this women's division. No cap. You cannot mess this up. You have Athena. You have Thunder Rosa. You have Chris Statlander. You have Jade Cargo. You have Ruby Soho. You have Britt Baker. You have Jamie Hayter. You have this one and that one. All the above. You cannot mess up the women's division. Is Kenny Omega still running the women's division? They got Riho as well. I love Riho. Her Carl Sheeta. Serena Deed. I'll get to her in a little bit. You have people. This is a great thing for the women's division. This is a great thing for the women's division. And Athena is going to bring that experience to a Jade Cargill, to a Anna J, to whoever in AEW in the women's division. This is a great pickup by Tony Khan. Malcolm Bivens, phenomenal pickup by Tony Khan. He ain't playing no games. No games taken with Tony Khan, man. The women's division has promise. You just need to have a plan. That's most important. You need to have a plan in place for this women's division to thrive. Because right now, when I look at the women's division, you have pieces. I'm talking directly to Tony Khan. Tony Khan, you have pieces, my brother. You have pieces to really make the AEW women's division the best women's division in not only North America, but in the world. The creative is most important. Give these women some storylines. Give these women some character development. I really hope this really helps AEW's women's division in the long run. We'll see what happens. But this was great. I love the post-match interaction 
the match overall with Jade Cargill and Anna Jay, it was just there, in my humble opinion. Uh, that's just how it is. I'm going to carry on. I'm going to keep it pushing to the next thing. You want to talk about best matches of the night? Jordan, what was the best match of the night? Hmm. There were some great matches on that show last night. There were some great ones, right? Let me tell you something. The Death Triangle in the House of Black. Let me tell you something. This match was star-studded. This match was phenomenal. The best match on the show was the House of Black versus the Death Triangle. Now, like I said, I'm going to talk about my top three best matches. This match is one of them. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But we've seen the Death Triangle versus the House of Black. This was great. And Julia Hart, huh? Julia Hart. People comparing her to Alexa Bliss and The Fiend. Please stop doing that. This is different. See, with The Fiend, every time I say his name, I get mad because Stanford, Connecticut, and their creative process. Listen, The Fiend and Alexa Bliss, this is different. Completely different because with Julia Hart and the House of Black, they actually finished the storyline. They didn't just end it abruptly because whatever the case might be. Julia Hart siding with the House of Black is a great thing. And I'm not going to lie. When those lights went out, I know I'm not the only one. Y'all thought it was The Fiend too. You did not think of Julia Hart. I kid you not. You did not think of Julia Hart here. There's no way. I thought The Fiend, I'm about to pop. I'm about to scream. I'm about to do all this shit. Julia Hart comes out. I'm saying to myself, damn, she looks great with the black. She looks phenomenal. This is a great spot for Julia Hart. She's going to thrive in this spot. And it's going to be fun to see. I can't wait. So, like I said, to me, this was one of the best matches of the entire show. And I know I'm not alone on that because I've seen a lot of people on social media talking about what was your favorite match of the night. And this was in a lot of people's uh, spots here. So we seen Pac with a blind tag. Then King's tagged in. King hits, uh, strikes, chops in the corner. Pac gets a high boot. And then we this is Brody King, actually. Brody King then throws him off the top rope. And um, he dives onto King but catches him. With the right hand, King goes for a dive, but then all six men face off. A huge brawl breaks out. Black with the big boot. King whips him out, and then we see Phoenix with a stomp to King. We see Black strikes to Phoenix, and then Penta hits a, sl uh, a sling blade on Buddy, and then he counts with a Meteora. After that, we see Pac with a uh, poison Rana to Buddy, and then we see Pac and King trade blows. We see King with a booze men slam. Black tags in, knee to the midsection, into the headlock. You know, Malachi Black with the strikes are just beautiful to watch. It's just a effortless with his palm strike, knee strikes, elbow strikes. It's just a great thing to see. So we've seen Pac. He dodges uh, Brody King here. And then a cannonball into the corner. Phoenix then tags in. He runs wild on Black and Buddy. The Lucha Bros with combination kicks, then a double dive. To the outside, triangle choke, submission with the triple splash to King for a two count. So we see House of Black hit Dante's Inferno on Phoenix cover, Pack and Penta break up the count. We see the Death Triangle strikes in all three corners, triple super kicks here, Pack with the Brain Buster, cover for a two count as Buddy breaks the count. Penta hit the Destroyer on the apron, Lucha Bros hit a DDT stomp combination to the outside on King. So pretty much. Brody King is out of this equation. We see Black. It's a black mask to Penta, which kind of didn't really look good. Um, he then hits one to Phoenix as well. That one looked great. Pack then hits an Insiguri kick to Buddy. Then hits a 450 to Black German to Buddy. And then he throws him to the outside. Pack hits a German to Black. 
but Pack gets a low blow to Black as he comes back with that. He climbs to the top, then goes for the uh, Black Arrow, and then the lights go out. Everybody thought it was The Fiend. Don't bullshit me. Don't. Okay, y'all thought it was fucking The Fiend, too. Julie Hart appears, and I love it. I love it. I think this is great, like I said. And then she Black Miss Pack, and then we see Malachi Black hits him with the Black Mask for the cover. And then the House of Black get the W. Julie Hart has officially joined the House of Black. This was great. This was, to me, when it's all said and done, the best match of the night for me. And uh, that's that. So next up, man, we got the Owen Hart Cup video package. This was great. We got Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe. So the Owen Hart Cup final. This match... It kind of fell in the uh, weird spot for me personally. You know, I'm watching this match. I'm trying to get into it. I love Samoa Joe. I love Adam Cole. I'm big fans of both of these men. But I'm watching it and I'm saying to myself, why are the fans really not invested like that? They're not into it like that. It's weird. Probably because there was too many matches on the show last night, but I got to give, you know, I got to give the crowd... In Vegas, some props, man. Y'all held it together because I was tripping last night. Too many matches. But y'all were wilding um, the entire show. So shout out to Vegas. So Adam Cole got the win. Not going to really talk about what happened here, man, because I mean, kind of knew Adam Cole was going to win. I'm just saying. I've been knowing that for weeks. You know, that's just great prediction on my behalf. Um, Adam Cole with super kicks Then he hits the boom He pulls down the boom to the head Of Samoa Joe for the one, two, three. Adam Cole gets the win We get right into The Owen Hart Cup Foundation Women's Final Ladies and gentlemen You all knew Britt Baker was going to I'm not talking about this match Because you knew it was going to happen As soon as Adam Cole got the win You all should have thought And said to yourself Britt Baker is going to win this match now, Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. This match was solid. This was a solid match. Not the greatest match from Britt Baker or Ruby Soho, but it was solid for what it was. People are fucking pissed. They're mad. Oh, Britt Baker, Charlotte Flair. Britt Baker is Tony Khan's golden girl. Y'all motherfuckers should have known that since day one. Stop the cap. Why are you getting mad for why you get mad for? You're getting mad because you know Tony Khan loves him some Britt Baker. You know this. Adam Cole won. Britt Baker needs to win. That wouldn't make sense if Adam Cole got the win and Britt Baker didn't. That would feel weird. And that would look weird. You feel me? So, stop the cap, y'all. Y'all are complaining. For, no, I mean, you have a gripe to complain. Don't get it twisted. Well, Britt Baker's been given every opportunity this and that, woo, woo, woo. Oh, Britt Baker this, Britt Baker that. I don't even have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with this. Now, did she need this accolade? No, she did not. No, she did not. But, again, Adam Cole won his match. So you should have had in your mind at that time, since Adam Cole won his match, Britt Baker was going to win her match as well. And that's what happened. Now, I do have a question. Are they going to defend these titles in that trophy every single year? I hope that's the case. And quite frankly, I would present it as a G1 New Japan Pro Wrestling Climax. That's how I would present it as. You follow me? I think that would be great. Let me know what you guys think about that idea. Again, I'm pitching ideas I love doing so. I love that. Uh, but let me know what you guys think about, you know, the Owen Hart Cup tournament for the men and women kind of being a, a G1 Climax, New Japan Pro Wrestling type of thing. Let me know. So, Britt Baker and, you know, Ruby Soho, it was a solid match. Nothing to run home about, though. Nothing to run home about. But let's move on. Let's keep it pushing. So... We got the next match. You want to talk about a match that I didn't give a fuck about. Couldn't care less. 
This was Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Paige Van Zandt. Paige Van Zandt's debut versus Sammy Guevara, um, Garrison, and Ty Conti. I was actually watching my I was watching the Miami Heat versus the Boston Celtics at this time. I just don't care about this match. Paige Van Zandt. She's green as grass. She looks great though. She's very beautiful. But she's green as fucking trash. Okay? That's number one. Number two. Why was this match on the show? This could have been on a dynamite. This could have been a big match on Dynamite. They could have promoted it as a big-time match on Dynamite. And that's what I've been saying. Too many of these matches should not have been on the show. This one is one of them. Jade Cargill and Anna Jay is another match. That really shouldn't have been on the show. But I'm going to let that one slide. This match should not have been on the show. There's a couple more matches on here that really shouldn't have been on the show. And this one's one of them. This one's one of them, man. It's just my opinion. That's how I feel. Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, and Paige Van Zandt get the win. I'm going to carry on because I don't really care. I really don't care. And Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti, you know, they're trying to get under everybody's skin. I hope you guys are aware of that. They're trying to get underneath your skin with the French kissing and, and all this other stuff. Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares. And, and that's the thing that Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti are aware of. They know that we, the fans, they don't, we don't give a fuck about the kissing and stuff. But they're going to take that as advantage and add that to their character. And that, for them, I respect. But that's pretty much it. Again, another match. My personal opinion shouldn't have been on the show. I really was trying hard to care. I really was trying hard to care about this match. This was a good match, though. That's pretty much it. It just was a great match. Kyle O'Reilly and Darby Allen. This was a great match. I just didn't care. After the match, I'm just like, okay, move on. They weren't really fighting for anything as well either. So, Tony Khan, what you doing, man? Too many matches on the show really hindered. The entire show for me. But that's the only negative I have about Double or Nothing. Other than that, this was a great show. Too many matches. Remember, quality over quantity. These wrestling promoters need to start thinking that. But I get why they don't think that sometimes. I get it. The money. The ad revenue. I understand. I'm coming from a fan's perspective. So my perspective is a little bit different than Tony Khan's. You following me? So, it is what it is. Darby Allen, Kyle O'Reilly, they went one-on-one. -on -one. This was a good match. Again, nothing that was on the line here. Uh, we've seen an elbow back and forth. Kyle O'Reilly with kicks. Darby Allen with a palm strike. We've seen Darby with the headbutt. He sends both men down. Both men are down. Crowd is, they're, they are into it. They really are, but, you know, it's kind of hard to care because they're not really fighting for anything. Kyle O'Reilly with a palm strike. Kyle O'Reilly then traps Darby Allen in a chain. With his mouth into a sleeper submission. A Pele kick. Cover one. Cover two. They kick out. Another Pele kick. Cover two. Kyle O'Reilly with a third Pele kick. Then a diving knee drop. For the cover one, two, three. And Kyle O'Reilly gets the win. Next up, we got a video package of the Women's Championship. Serena Deed makes her entrance. The AEW Women's Division is in a spotlight here. For the AEW Women's Championship. This was a fucking great match. This was a great match. Serena Deed and Thunder Rosa. You guys did great last night. <laughs> guys did great. At this point, I'm saying to myself last night, we're not even done. The show's not even done yet. I really hope the fans care about this match. And they did. This was awesome. This got great reactions throughout this entire show last night. Was this match. This match was fun. This match was exciting. And women's wrestling, when booked correctly, can be important. And can be in a real great spot. This match was fun. Now, 
the time limit. They didn't go as long, but they, they went long enough, I feel. They went long enough. So we're going to take it towards the end of the match here. We've seen Deeb with a, a, a dominal stretch. And then we see Rosa powers out Deeb with the uppercut strikes back and forth. Uh, we see Rosa with the big Larry, great spot there, with a body slam to follow suit. Then we've seen Serena Deeb whipped hard into the turnbuckle. Rosa with a clothesline to the corner, double knees, um, running drop kick, northern like superplex, cover two count. Both women trade hards. And then we've seen Deeb with the octopus submission. Rhodes escapes. And then Serena Deeb with a back elbow. And then we see Deeb with a flipping DDT for a two count. This is where Serena Deeb, on multiple occasions, thought she was going to win this match. We've seen Rosa with a Russian leg sweep into the crossface submission. Deeb reverses the cover two count. Deeb then a, a stretch muffler. And then we see Rosa smashes Deeb's knee onto the mat. Uh, Serena Deeb's knee was a focus in this match. Storytelling, great at its finest. I love these type of things, man. I really do. When they pick a body part and that is the story of the match, it's great stuff. So we see a double clothesline sends both women down. Rosa with a double foot stomp into the Death Valley driver for a two count. Deeb whips the leg into a figure forward leg submission. Slaps back and forth. I thought this was awesome. In the figure forward submission, both women were slapping each other. Um, we see both women spill to the outside, breaking the submission. Towards the end, we see Rosa with headbutts to the rope, then hits a superplex. Rosa floats over and then hits a fire thunder driver for the one, two, three, and retains the AEW Women's Championship. What's next for Thunder Rosa? I got one name and one name only. It's Tony time. It's Tony time. It's Tony time. Tony Storm versus Thunder Rosa needs to be the next program. I'm going to carry on. Anarchy in the arena. We get a video package. Justin Roberts introduces the next by saying shit's about to go. <laughs> Motherfucker, you ain't lying. Shit's about to go down. Let me tell you something. I'm not even going to talk about this match. I'm not. You guys watched it. You guys seen it. This was a crazy ass fucking match. Crazy match. I'm going to tell you another thing. When it comes to hardcore wrestling, right, in this business, right, we all have seen a lot of crazy hardcore matches from ECW, WWE, now in AEW, and Impact Wrestling. Formerly known as TNA. Let me tell you something. This match, this this was a crazy match. This was a crazy match. And this was one of the most damning matches I've seen in many years in pro wrestling when it comes to hardcore matches. When it comes to hardcore matches, this is one of the most craziest matches, craziest hardcore matches I've seen in the last decade. No cap. One. I didn't say the. I said one of the most insane hardcore matches I've seen in the last decade. This was nuts. This was nuts. Eddie Kingston. You grant that auto, my dude. You grant that auto with the gift of you walking down to uh, the ramp with liar fluid. What you going to burn Chris Jericho alive? Listen, I popped for that. I thought that was great. And then Brian Danielson. I'm going to kick his fucking head in. Love it. This Brian Danielson. Love it, man. Love it. It's great. Great stuff. Jericho and his squad killed it. Santana Ortiz with some fucking splashes. That was awesome. Jade Hager, fucking beast. It just was a, it was a great match. One of my favorite matches on the entire show. No question. I had a great time. I really did. One of the most damning hardcore matches I've seen, in, like I said, in the last decade in pro wrestling. So shout out to all these men because they did a great job. Let's carry on. Next up, we're going to talk about the AEW World Tag Team Championships, Jurassic Express, Keith Lee, 
and Isaiah Swerve Strickland and Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. Again, at this point, I really started to say, yo, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And I came to the conclusion even before the main event came on. I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to wait until the next day, which is being today, to do the AEW post-show review and analysis because this shit's fucking too long. I'm fatigued. And it's crazy. But I had a great time, like I said, overall last night, watching Double or Nothing. This match, to me, was fucking awesome. Not the best match of the night, but damn near close. Damn near close. This was fun. Now, going into it, I thought Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland were going to win this match. Um, I was wrong. That didn't happen. And so how we got here with the Jurassic Express retaining is we've seen Starks with a Rosa model to a Jungle Boy. Cover two count as Swerve breaks the count. Hobbs with the spine, but let me tell you something. Hobbs does one of the best spine busters in the business, in the game, no question. So he lands that spine buster onto Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus accidentally hits a boot to Jungle Boy and Lee and Swerve. I thought at that instance, I was going to say, shit, we might have new champs. And then we see Lee and Swerve hit a power bomb stomp combination, an awesome tag team finisher. And they went for a cover, but Hobbs breaks the count. Hobbs and Lee trade below. Starks hits Lee. With the FTW title, Hobbs crashes to the outside as Swerve moves out of the way for the spear. Cage blocks Starks cheating again. And Swerve with the roll-up to Jungle Boy, and then we see a two-count. Towards the end, we see Swerve misses the stomp. Swerve blocks a Patamora, and then Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus hit Thunderous Express for the 1-2-3. After the match, we see Christian Cage lifts Jungle Boy on his shoulders in celebration. This match was fucking awesome. Really, really awesome. Out of this show, um, we've seen at least three of the best matches of the year. No cap. I kid you not. Some of these matches tonight, or last night, excuse me, uh, might be one of my best matches of the entire year when I do my podcast talking about my best matches of this year. Some of these matches from last night will be on that list. We got the main event, CM Punk and Adam Hangman Page. This match, at this point, fatigued. I got fatigued, but I did watch the match all the way through. My eyes were open. I wasn't tired. In terms of yawning, I was just a little fatigued. This match was great. Told a great story. Both men using each other's finishers or attempting to use each other's finishers. CM Punk. CM Punk. Listen, I love you. I am so happy that you are the new AEW champion. I'm fucking pumped. Okay? But listen, man. You botched twice of the buckshot lariat. You botched twice. You know, that's okay. That's okay. It looked bad, but at the end of the day, this is professional wrestling. And even the greatest mess up. Adam Page. Adam Page's title run is over. I see a lot of people on social media last night and even today while I'm recording the podcast. They're saying that Adam Page's title reign was a complete failure. For those people that are angry at those people who are saying his title match was a failure, that's their opinion. So remember that. All right. That is their opinion. That's how they feel. Are they wrong? I mean, you can't really say yes and no. I mean, because it's their opinion. Your opinion, you know, might be different. You might think that his title reign was great. I think his title reign was good. There's a difference. I say good. You might think great. And those other people, they think his title reign was trash. You have trash, good, great. 
Those people think his title reign was great. You have those said it was trash. And then in the middle, that's where I'm at. I say good. All right. Um, listen. Adam Page. What's next for Adam Page? I really don't know. I really don't know. But let me tell you something. We get in September, right? I think all outs in September. If we do not get Brian, listen to me. Listen to me. If we do not get Brian Danielson versus CM Punk for the AEW World Championship, Tony Khan's messing up. Tony Khan's messing up. If we do not get Brian Danielson and CM Punk for the AEW World Heavyweight title. We need that match. We got to get it. Period. Shout out to CM Punk, man. I'm so happy for him. I really wish April, AJ Lee, actually came out to celebrate with him. I think that would have been poetic. Just, it would be great. It would be great if AJ Lee actually came out. But CM Punk was in tears, man. I, I was emotional in terms of just being happy for the guy. I mean, I wasn't crying or nothing. I was just happy for him. You know, he came to AEW. He's now won every single big championship in pro wrestling, Ring of Honor, WWE, and now AEW. You got to love it. I really hope that CM Punk has a great couple months with that title, and he's in great feuds. I need a feud with Kenny. I'm going to tell you people how I would kind of book, fantasy book, CM Punk's title reign just a little bit in terms of opponents. He needs to eventually lose to Brian Danielson. Eventually lose to Brian Danielson for that title. That's my opinion. But before Danielson, he needs to be in a feud with Kenny Omega. All right. He needs to be in a feud with John Moxley. All right. And you look at the roster, you can get MJF again. That's three people before Brian. And if you want to put in one more, that's, that's up for your pickings. That's for your pickings, man. But at the end of the day, I have three opponents for CM Punk. He knocks all three of those down before he eventually loses it to Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson needs to be your next AEW World Champion. And then after Danielson, that's when you get to people like Miro. That's when you get to people like Malachi Black. That's when you get to people like Adam Cole, Bay Bay. In fact, CM Punk. I'm still going with Brian Danielson for him to drop the title to Brian Danielson. But Adam Cole is on that list too. In terms of opponents that CM Punk needs to lose to. Danielson, I'm going with Danielson. But I wouldn't be mad if it was Adam Cole as well. Adam Cole, Brian Danielson. But then we get feuds with Moxley. We get feuds with MJF. We get feuds with Miro and other people before we get to either Adam Cole or Danielson. I would kind of do Danielson. But if you do Adam Cole, I'm not going to complain. You also have Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe um, can be an opponent that beats him too. Danielson, Cole, or Joe. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But if I'm booking it, if I'm in charge, I'm having Danielson be the guy to beat him. He gets past Cole. He gets past Joe. He doesn't get past Brian. Let's make it happen. Tony Khan, let's do it. Danielson, Punk, AEW title on the line. That's pretty much all I got for you guys today, man. Great episode of the Wrestling Takeover. There will be no Monday Night Raw review. I am not doing a Monday Night Raw review. Remember, when there's a WWE pay-per-view during that weekend, I do not cover the weekly shows. But I will be right back up here, man, for a brand new episode of the Wrestling Takeover this week. Stay tuned. Again, go and follow, subscribe to the Wrestling Takeover on all available podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also, follow me on social media, Twitter, at JT Takeover, Instagram, 
at the wrestling takeover. Go and read all of my articles on discusspw.com. For those out there that you actually do read my articles, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. A new article will be dropping this week, so stay tuned, man. That's all I got for you guys today right here on the Wrestling Takeover. This has been your AEW Double or Nothing post show. The final grade, I'm giving AEW, I'm giving it a solid A. Best matches of the night, top three, let's do it. So the Anarchy match, that is number two. The best match of the night following in the number one spot was uh, House of Black and their match. That's number one. Anarchy match is number two. And then number three. Ooh, number three. That's hard, but I'm going to give it to Serena Deed and Thunder Rosa. Those were my three best matches of the night. And overall, last night was a great night of professional wrestling. Let's continue the week with more coverage, more wrestling honesty, and more wrestling creativity right here on the number one podcast when it comes to creativity and honesty. This is the Wrestling Takeover. I'll see you guys next time. 